All right. Hey, everybody. It's Will with ScheduleFly, and I am excited today to be talking to Trey Wilder. Trey is in Savannah, Georgia. Uh, he's the owner of Trailer Park and Hitch. Uh, they also have a location in Ponte Vedra Beach, Florida. And uh, Trey was kind enough to take some time out of a busy Monday to wrap with us. So, Trey, thank you. Sure, man. No problem. No problem. Glad to help. Glad to, to get some insight on, uh, on my, my experience and journey with, uh, with this restaurant brand. Yeah, man. Well, tell me about, so how did you, first of all, how did you get started in hospitality initially? Uh, well, I, I was up in New York at the time. Uh, I'm from Georgia originally, uh, from a small town, uh, called Perry, Georgia. And, um, and wasn't really feeling college too much. Uh, <clears throat> so I, uh, decided to, uh, drop out and, um, take some time off from college and go out and kind of, you know, kind of experience life a little bit more. Um, so at the time I was at Auburn university and um, was studying architecture and again was just kind of overwhelmed with school and work and and uh, you know um, um, uh, student loans and all that kind of stuff so I decided at the time I was taking a break uh, quote unquote and uh, I actually moved out to LA um, for about four years and uh, through my uh, my work in LA just meeting people um, I ended up um, working at the W hotel in, in Westwood as a, as a valet manager and upstairs in the hotel, they had a whiskey blue, um, which is part of the, at the time it was midnight oil, um, owned by, um, uh, Randy Gerber, his brother, uh, uh, Scott Gerber, um, Randy Gerber's uh, married to Sidney Crawford. So pretty, pretty high, high profile, um, restaurant upstairs. And oh, is that, I, is that Gerber bars? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Gerber bars now. It, it used to be Midnight Oil, but now it's Gerber bars. Okay, um, yeah. So yeah, so I, I, uh, Randy and Scott have another bro- brother named Kenny, and Kenny was the general manager of Whiskey Blue, and we became friends um, just through me working downstairs and working at the hotel. And I got a little burned out of LA. I was there for about four years, and uh, just, just just working and kind of just enjoying myself in my early twenties. I was 22 at the time. And, uh, so I decided to move to New York. Um, just again, just to, uh, always want to live in, in the West coast and, and up in New York as well. So, um, I just kind of packed up and, and, uh, left LA and went to New York and, and, um, he actually, um, uh, Kenny actually hooked me up with an interview with Scott who runs, um, he has an, they have an office in New York. They have an office in, and they used to have an office in Malibu where Randy worked out of Scott worked out of, um, the Manhattan office. So he actually got me an interview, uh, with his, uh, with his brother, Scott, although I didn't have any bar experience. Um, I had, uh, management experience through the valet department downstairs, but I, he, he dealt with me on a business side. So thought that I would be, um, good as a manager in general. Um, so I went in and, and interviewed with Scott and, um, and their director of operations, uh, Vinny, and uh, got the job as an assistant manager for Whiskey Park, um, which is, um, I, I would say probably 90% of their bars are, are within W hotels, but this one was a standalone um, up on 6th Avenue in Central Park South. Uh, I don't think it's there anymore, um, but it had a good run, I believe, about 20 years. But hmm. anyway, I started uh, assistant managing there um, at the at Whiskey Park, and I worked with Gerber Bars for 
uh, Gerber Group for about five years. That was the first five years of, of my food and beverage experience. Um, and I kind of worked my way up and, and uh, ended up working at um, uh, two of the W Hotel bars they have, uh, one at the W Court in Tuscany, which is was on like 35th and Lexington, and then um, their uh, W Union Square, uh, which was on um, Union Square and like 14th uh, Avenue. So working with working with the Gerber Group and also working uh, with Starwood with W Hotels was a great start for me as far as getting that corporate background. Um, attention to detail, follow through, um, you know, uh, customer service. Oh, I think, like I said, just kind of the basic of, of what is good uh, when you're, you know, when you're in the, uh, when you're in the industry um, and obviously working with, uh, with W hotels. Um, so I worked with them for about five years and got to the point where I wanted to, uh, I, I just wanted more, uh, more input uh, creatively with menus and, and music and lighting and staffing and, and, uh, concepts and stuff like that. And, and, um, um, you know, they had people for that, for those roles. Um, you know, I was, uh, manager and I was supposed to manage. So, um, I decided to kind of, uh, leave there and, and kind of just do other stuff in the food and beverage. I enjoyed the, uh, I enjoyed the, the job, uh, but just was time for a change. So I, um, I left there and then, got a job as the director of food and beverage at the Rivington hotel, which is in the lower East side. Um, worked there for about a year. Um, it was good for me cause it was my first kind of food and beverage role. Um, uh, kind of controlling there was, you know, there was a rooftop for events and weddings and there was a restaurant, there was a lobby bar, there was a club next door. So kind of having my hands and overseeing all of that was good experience for me. Uh, I was 28 at the time. Um, so it was, it was, it was good. Um, but I got burned out of hotels. Uh, that was, and I, and I decided I wanted to learn more about, um, uh, kind of less corporate, less corporate, but more kind of, you know, mom and pop restaurant and bars, which are still million dollar groups in, in Manhattan. But, um, um, I wanted again, more, uh, more control over the, over concepts and, and, and uh, but wanted to learn about the, you know how to open a restaurant, how to open a bar, uh, stuff that I hadn't done before. Um, and so, really, for the next like five years, because uh, I was in New York a total of ten years, and so uh, for the next five years, I kind of, I really kind of bounced around. I worked with I worked with BR Guest for a little bit. I opened up um, a six seven five bar uh, in the Meatpacking District for them. I worked at a at a small coffee shop. Um, I worked at. Um, um, I can't think of the club now, a little, uh, big rooftop, um, in, uh, on Broadway in, in Midtown. Um, and then I opened up a, a rooftop called refinery, a refinery rooftop. Yeah. Um, and, um, as I said, I kind of bounced around and did a little bit of everything, but, but towards the end, I started opening up places, um, uh, for, for companies that, that, uh, necessarily have, hadn't, um, done it before, hadn't done it at hotels or hadn't worked with hotels before. And so once I got that under my belt, the opening, um, that was kind of um, a, a big turning point for me. Um, I knew what it took to open and run and, 
and I started doing cocktail menus and 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 having a say so over food and plating uh, stuff like that. Um, and so I decided uh, it, it was it was kind of like, all right. Well, I, I started the guys that I was working for were were my age, and that was also a big a big eye opener for me because with Gerber Group, the, the owners were were older. Um, you know, be our guest. Um, owners were older, um, and so it, they I couldn't really relate too much with them. But I started with with the other groups. The owners were about my age, like early 30s, and so I was like, all right, well, these guys are doing it. Uh, you know, why can't I do it? And so I started to kind of start thinking about a concept and where to do it at. Um, and Manhattan, the rents are just out of control. Mm, yeah. Um, and so that was a, also a big eye opener to where, well, you know, I've been working in Manhattan, but that doesn't have to, that doesn't mean I have to open up a, a restaurant in Manhattan. Um, because you know, you're trying to, you're, you're really, your, your whole focus is trying to make rent. And I didn't want that to be the focus of, of my restaurant. It's just a lot of stress having to make, you know, twenty five thirty thousand dollars a month, uh, for rent is, is a lot. And, um, I didn't really want it to be about making money. Uh, or, or getting rich or being being uh, financially successful, it was it was kind of just keep doing what I'm doing, enjoying myself, managing, but having my own concept. I thought like I felt like I was ready for that. And being from Georgia, I knew about Savannah. Uh, I'd heard uh, good things about Savannah and obviously about Charleston. This was this was five years ago. Um, and so I came down for a long weekend and stayed with a buddy of mine in Savannah. And um, I checked out some, some locations here, and I checked out some locations in Charleston and um, got a good idea of, of where to start. And for me, I knew that Savannah was a better starting point for me. Um, uh, Charleston was a little bit ahead of where, of where I wanted to be. They you know, their rents were, were a little a little pricey, and they had community boards, and they were asking a lot of questions. What are you doing? How is it going to help the community? Uh, you know, what are you bringing to the table? And um, and so with Savannah, it was more of, yeah, uh, yeah, we, we want you to come down, and, and you know, anything different we're, we're interested in. And, and there was a lot – it was just a lot more approachable um, for me doing my first restaurant. And so I went back up to New York. And I stayed for one more year, and I saved money. And um, and uh, me and my uh, my girlfriend at the time, we decided to make a move. And so we moved down here um, with the concept of, of Trello Park. And um, the, the concept really came about from, obviously, my experience in New York and what I learned but mostly what I learned, what I learned to do, but mostly what I learned not to do. Um, so what are some examples you know, of that? In, uh, in, in New York, everybody was, was trying to do too much. Um, on my end as a manager and I met, you know, I managed for, for 10 years. Um, you know, we always, uh, it was all about, for me, it was all about the cost at that time, about the cost and inventory and, and payroll and, and all that, keeping everything tight. So I spent majority of my time um, in the office uh, downstairs in the basement uh, doing inventory, ordering, um, like I said, budgeting, stuff like that. 
And um, and again, that I think that kind of falls back on you know rent's expensive, so you gotta you gotta make sure that everything's tight. But what I saw was that I spent less time on the floor touching tables, less time uh, building regulars. Um, and through that, I also saw what the what the staff was going through because um, you know at a restaurant in New York, and I'm not saying specifically New York, but that's just where I was where I was working. Um, you have a lot of menus. You have a, a, a brunch menu, a lunch menu, a happy hour, uh, a big wine list, a cocktail menu, a late night menu. And there was a lot of product, a lot of menu items. And so most of the time, the staff had a lot a lot of menu items to, to memorize and to, to learn. And therefore, it, it didn't happen a lot of the time. So they weren't real confident about the product or selling the product or, um, or how to explain the product or what went in the product. Um, and so what I wanted to do was, was pull back on, on really all of that. Um, and I started with, with one menu. Um, and so that's kind of where the one menu with, with, um, with like five, five shares, five entrees, five brunch items, five desserts, uh, five salads, something like that, and just run with one menu throughout the whole day. Um, you know, it was all about quality over quantity. Um, you know, instead of having 75, like, average items, really focused on, like, 30 and uh, make those as best as, as you can and, um, and then just roll those throughout the whole day. And, uh, again, something that I grew up in, with, with, in, in Georgia was um, having – breakfast for dinner when I was growing up as a child um the best part of of uh, you know when my mom would make dinner was when we would have like cheese grits and eggs and bacon and, and toast for dinner and so that's something that I didn't see in New York was people doing brunch items or breakfast items for dinner and so that kind of played along with the one with the one menu um was being able to have brunch you know a chicken biscuit at um you know at, at midnight um and so that was, again, that was kind of where the, the, the backbone of the concept started was making everything simple. So the staff knew the menu. We had one menu. So staff, they couldn't help but know the menu. You had to know the menu. It was 30 items. And so they felt comfortable selling it. They knew every ingredient. Um, they were confident. The, they, they were able, they were, they were confident in, in talking to the tables, selling the product, I didn't spend as much time downstairs um, doing inventory and stuff because there just wasn't a lot. The, the the food menu also played into the to the beers and the and the wine and the uh, and the cocktails as well, keeping everything simple. Um, you know, we we had I think when we started we had about six bottles, about six cans, and uh, eight drafts. Um, but we had you know we took time to make those as as best as we could uh, fit the, fit the brand, um, but keeping everything simple. So it, it, it kind of the, the the brand or the concept went back to all right. Let's just kind of let's just take food and beverage back to or this concept back to to what food and beverage was. I felt like was was started on was a good customer experience. Um, you know, I was able to t to touch tables and talk to people, tell people about the brand and where I came from and and all that kind of stuff. And that and that I think it got I think it gets lost up in New York because you're so worried about paying rent and you're so worried about uh you know being better than the next guy and um mm. so it was i, I think it all kind of came together here in savannah because i was doing something different 
um, and I'll, I'll go into the, 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 the food, I'll play into the food with this as well. Um, uh, what I, I worked with a lot of restaurants in New York and I saw what branding did, uh, t-shirts and, um, and coasters and, and stickers and hats and stuff. And, and it's all about the brand and making it different. Um, and so with the trailer park, when I, when I worked in New York, um, one of the last places I worked at, a bartender, he nicknamed me Trailer Park because I had a I, I had a thick Southern accent. And so coming going into to figuring out something for the the name of the restaurant, it was kind of a uh, I you know it was a no brainer for me. But again, you know I, I every Trailer Park that I had been to, and there, there was one there was a restaurant a bar in New York called Trailer Park, and it was a dive bar. Um, it was very Trailer Park kitschy dive bar, and so. I didn't want people to think from the name that it was a dive bar. So I put my name in it. Yeah. Um, so it'd be a little, little bit different. And that's why there's an Airstream in the logo with a, with a couple of racing stripes is because, um, an Airstream is a nice, it's right. a nice trailer. Um, so I wanted it to be kind of an upscale trailer part, but without kind of, without saying that, um, nice. I like it. That's, and, that's cool. And, yeah, and it, like I said, it, it was just, you know, I've got I've got some uh, some creative genes in me, and it, it just kind of felt like it would work. But you really don't know. You really don't know what's going to work and what's not going to work until you until you throw it out there and and get some feedback. But again, all the experience I had in New York, I felt like uh, this would be something that, that would work uh, in Savannah. And from the from the the Trello Park uh, brand. Um, I started thinking about the concepts for the food and for the drinks and everything. So it was, it's, it started with what I grew up eating, um, which was, you know, we have a, a sloppy Joe and we have a pot pie. Um, mm. we have some, uh, some peanut butter and jelly chicken wings. Uh, we have some, uh, creative nachos that we do, but, but take it up a notch. You know, everything is, everything is basic, but we, but we, elevated a little bit um so the you know the the sloppy joe was made with venison and then the pot pie is actually like a burrito um a burrito pot pie so and you know we do we do things basic but a little bit different uh we have some chicken and pancake tacos which is a a a taco uh, a pancake in the shape of a taco uh, but little like just stuff like that 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 um, makes us a little bit different, but not too different where it's not approachable. Um, you know, I don't have a, I don't have a culinary background, and I think that's what helped the uh, the food menu is because I'm 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 giving um, and my my chef who I hire down here from Ruth Chris who has a culinary background. Um, you know, when chefs want to do something different, it's it's a lot different than if I want to do something different because they're already a couple steps ahead of me. Um, so I'm coming from the customer's point of view saying, all right, well, let's do some, so let's do some wings and have, and add peanut butter and jelly to them. Well, that, you know, that's not very creative to him, but for somebody like me, it is. Um, and I think that's where we, we kind of, uh, uh, you know, hit a, hit a nerve or not a nerve, but a, a chord with our customers was that it was it was different for them, um, but not too different. Where again, it's not unrecognizable or unapproachable. 
um, and that went into our cocktails as well. Well, I mean, this is you grew up eating that kind of stuff. A lot of your customers probably did as well. It's probably yeah. a good reminder of. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, and yeah, and, but they they just didn't eat. They ate a peanut butter jelly sandwich. They just didn't eat a peanut butter and jelly uh, chicken wing. They they ate a pot pie. They just didn't have a a pot pie burrito. Yep. Um, yep. And, you know, we also brought in. We have a. You know, when I grew up, I ate a lot of bologna sandwiches, um, and we have a uh, a bologna sandwich on the menu, but it's with mortadello. And it's got a fried egg on the top, so yep. it's a you know it's, it's a little it's a little different, um, but you still know what a what a bologna sandwich is, um, and so it, you know and, and again it rolled into the cocktails where we do in our cocktails we we work with Kool Aid uh, we have some Kool Aid cocktails we have uh, some Tang Tang cocktails which is which is stuff that I grew up on, mm-hmm. um, and so it's again it's you know our clientele loves it because it's. It's stuff they grew up on, and it's, it's different. And, and you know, we we you know we make it with good ingredients. Um, and um, and it's again, it's just a, it's just approachable, but it's different. And it also allows our price points to be uh, to be low. Um, uh, you know, because we're just you know we're working we're still working with chicken wings and flatbreads. Uh, you know, stuff like that. Um, and so you know, we we threw the, we threw the concept out there uh, down here in Savannah, and it really. It really took off, and in the space, the original trailer park, you know, it's about a little under 2,800 square feet. Um, and again, it was it was my first restaurant, so it was something that I, I wanted to be able to to manage and enjoy. You know, I wanted to enjoy what I was doing, just as an owner. Right. Um, so it's a it's a small uh, it's a small location with a cocktail bar and a restaurant up front, and in the back we have a beer garden. With a full bar out back as well, but um, but a little outdoor area, and uh, and it really took off. It took about six months um, for the tourists to find out that we were we were there, and then it just it went from nothing to, to something real quick. And so what happened was a lot of the the regulars that we had built up, um, they weren't really interested in in. Um, and hanging out with a bunch of tourists so they wanted us to do an, another another trailer park and so that's when it worked out perfect we found an, another spot not too far away uh, about eight blocks away and um and we opened up hitch about a year, pretty much exactly a year and a half later from when we, we opened up trailer park on october 15th of 2014 and uh, we opened up Hitch in July of 2016. Um, and Hitch, we opened up Hitch for the locals. And the reason, the only reason is it's not called Trilla Park is because it's so close. We didn't want to compete. We didn't want to oversaturate um, downtown Savannah with the Trilla Park. So we named it Hitch, which is, you know, it, we say it's an extension of, of Trilla Park like a Hitch is. Yeah. Um, so we named it, uh, we named it Hitch. And... It's the, I mean, if you, the, the menus are, the menus are, are fairly similar, but we have some, some different items, um, but still the same concept. Um, and you'll, it's, it's like, it's a little bit different as far as the, the, the interior goes, but it's, you'll, you'll see the similarities. We use the same, we have a patented trailer park blue color that's, um, that we use and, um, and so again, it's a, it's a lot of the same design, um, you know, the same t-shirts and everything. And then, you know, Hitch, Hitch took about a year, uh, to take off and, 
And, uh, you know, food and beverage, you know, restaurants take time. I mean, that, I mean, I think everybody knows that. And I think, you know, we were very, very fortunate with, you know, Trillo Park took off in six months and Hitch took off, you know, after about a year. Well, um, how did you, I mean, you, you did this, um, because you, you had so many tourists at trailer park. So I assume that that's still the yeah. case. And then, but you're far yeah. enough away from where the tourists stay in Savannah to, that Hitch is more of a, a locals only kind of place. Yeah. But, but we, but, the, but I bet they found you there too. Of, <laughs> yeah. We got a lot of tourists at Hitch, but what we get a lot of at Hitch, cause trailer park is tight. Um, we get a lot of larger groups at Hitch. We have um, one, two, three, four. We have a like we have eight communal uh, communal tables, so we can see we can seat a lot of large parties. There's a lot of bachelorette parties. There's a lot of um, you know um, wedding wedding parties, rehearsal dinners, um, and so what we started doing to get people familiar with Hitch is that any large reservations that were asking about Trilla Park we would pull them over to hitch. And so that's how we got, because we, we don't take reservations at, at either place um, unless they're parties of eight or more. And if they're parties of eight or more at Trillo Park, we push them to hitch. Um, okay, gotcha. And, and so we, we take, we take a lot of large parties at hitch, which I don't think a lot of restaurants will take on the fly, you know, without doing a room rental fee or without doing a prefix menu you know, like I said, we keep our menus simple, and and you know, it's right now the menus are about 40 items, um, and so our kitchen is very well well versed on on how to make every single item pretty quick, and so we've become that go-to spot. Well, if you have 20 people, and we get a lot of, them, I mean, we get them all the time. If you have 20 people, Hitch is the place to go because you can walk in and we'll seat you 20 top, and you can do a la carte, and your food will come out in, in 15, 20 minutes. Um, so that's kind of what we're, uh, known for at Hitch is taking, taking parties. Um, and so that's been, it's been good for us and not, you know, not really, we, we weren't planning on it, but, um, and we initially didn't have eight communal tables. Um, we initially had four that we, that we saw what our clientele was into and we listened to them and, you know, we're always good at, at getting feedback from our customers about what is working and, and what's not. I mean, we are, we are, uh, you know, we stick to the brand, but again, um, you know, we also, uh, understand what, what, that we're not, we're not perfect. And we not, we definitely, uh, you know, don't know, um, everything. So if, if people give us some feedback, we have no problem, um, with listening and, and, um, and, and putting it into play. Um, so, well, let me ask you this. Okay. So you, you know, you were talking about really wanting to, uh, to go back to the customer experience and being able to touch the tables and tell the story. So you had, you had trailer park and then you got hitched. So you got two locations to do that at now. And then you opened one down in Ponte Vedra yeah. beach, Florida. So, um, how, how are you able to scale that experience effectively? Yeah, and which it, for me, I, you know, having the three, having the three restaurants now, where we are right now, right now, like, I, you know, I'm not, I don't work out of the restaurants anymore. Um, I have a, a corporate office where I do a lot of my work and, and as much as I would love to be on site managing, um, the company is just not, the company is, is beyond that for me. 
Um, and so now it's on my staff and my management team. Um, you know, I, I was very fortunate early on to have a lot of people that bought into the brand and bought into the system that, that I was, um, that I was working under, uh, or I was, I was, or I was creating here in Savannah, which was, you know, having a good time, um, working hard, enjoying what you do. And I, and I still, to this day, um, you know, coach to my managers about staying on the floor, um, you know, because most of the behind the scenes, the paying the bills and all that kind of stuff I deal with, the only back, back of the back of the house responsibilities that our managers have is the, um, the ordering, the, uh, the payroll and the scheduling. Mm-hmm. And so each manager will take one of those roles. That'll be their, their, uh, you know, one day of admin work will be one of those. So therefore they have four other days where they're on the floor. Um, and so I, I, again, I, that's just part of our, you know, our, our manager training and, and how we move forward is, is I have managers that understand about touching tables and being on the floor. And when you're managing, you're actually just an extra set of hands. You're helping out the hostess, you're helping out the buster, you're helping out the server, you're helping out the food runner. And then when you get called into that manager role, if something's um, not, not working right or somebody's not happy with something, then you step up and then you're a manager. Then you take the lead and you deal with the situation and, and, uh, you know, and you squash it. And then you move back to being an extra set of hands. Um, you know, and it all kind of plays into the, the teamwork. Uh, we're all, we're all working for one goal here and that, and that's a good customer experience. Um, and so I do a bunch of the, again, I do, you know, all the, all the, the, the bill pay, the, the, the budgets, all that kind of stuff I deal with. I have a director of operations, um, who will bounce back, uh, from restaurant to restaurant to restaurant to make sure that everybody is, is, you know, is doing their job. But, um, yeah, I mean, this is, you know, I, 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 I do miss the, uh, the managing and, and being, uh, on the floor and touching tables. But, um, at a certain point I've had to, I had to move forward just like, uh, just like the restaurants are moving forward. Um, and, um, and really, um, really start, uh, start pushing the brand out. I mean, we have, and we, we've continued to have a very good momentum with this brand and, um, and it's my kind of job right now is to keep that momentum and keep that brand going. Um, cause it's kind of created a, a, you know, a, a mind of its own right now. I know you're busy. I know you probably got to run. I do want to ask you one more question. Cause to that point you have on your website, uh, that there's franchise opportunities. So mm-hmm. tell me about that. Yep. Yep. And that's something that I, you know, I don't, I didn't think about it in the beginning, but the brand kind of set itself up for um, good franchising opportunities. I mean, uh, we have our systems in place and it's a, and again, constantly fine tuning uh, what we've been doing the past, really at Trillo Park and Hitch, fine tuning those. We really put everything together when we did uh, the Trillo Park in Ponte Vedra. Um, and we felt like that was a good challenge for the brand. Um, we, we knew we had something good, but we wanted to we wanted to challenge it outside of Savannah. We wanted yeah. to see if it if, if it if it if it was us or if it was Savannah. And so um, we had a lot when we first opened a trail park. When I was managing, a lot of our clientele were coming out of Jacksonville, and so we had a lot of people, you know, five four or five years ago 
wanting us to do one in Jacksonville. And out of Savannah, there's not a lot of large markets um, other than Charleston, but uh, we just felt more comfortable going down to Jacksonville because of our clientele, um, the people that were visiting Trailer Park. And so I kind of kept that in the, in the, in the, on the back burner and in the back of my head. And, and so um, it kind of came into play two years ago where we found a, a nice little um, uh, development that was up and coming. And, and, um, and so we, we opened a uh, trailer park in, uh, in Ponte Vedra. It'll be a year in uh, July 15th. No, July 7th will be a year. Um, and so it's been a really good, it's been a really good challenge for us. It's, it's pretty much starting a, a brand new uh, brand in a new market for us. Although people do know about us down there, there's a lot of people that don't. So it was good for us. It was a good challenge for us. And um, it's going great right now. And we're getting a lot of good feedback um, from from other developers down there wanting us to, to do more stuff uh, in that area, which we're, we're totally fine with. Um, but the goal is to franchise. Um, and that's something that uh, we are getting prepared for and putting that on our website and putting it on our, on our receipts um, is just really going to help us find out if people are interested and where they're interested and, and kind of go from there, kind of baby step it in. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that we're looking to do, you know, five franchises right now, but we are looking to get in uh, conversations about it. Uh, why franchise versus uh, uh, rolling out more locations, corporate owned? Um, I want to. I want to get. I want to get Trilla Park in as many. I want to. I, I just want to do more. I want to do yeah. more Trilla Parks. I want people to get more involved in Trilla Park. Like I said, I think it's a a good brand not only for customers but for for business owners, for for restaurateurs, uh, people who are looking to get in the industry. I think Trilla Park is is a nice. Uh, easy jump into uh restaurants are not e- restaurants are not easy and i f- i feel like that i've i've created this brand uh to be as, as simple and, and as approachable again not only for customers but for for business owners who are looking to get into the restaurant and and make a smooth transition into you know jumping into doing something that's five thousand square feet where you got five menus and you're working with you know 75 staff which that doesn't sound like fun to me. That doesn't sound like I'm gonna have a good time. Sales is very expensive, but you know we have we have certain cri- criteria that we stick to, and um, and again, if you want to get involved in the franchise, you have to obviously stick to those criteria. And we've done it three times, and we're happy and we're successful. And so, you know, if it works for us, we feel like it can it can work for for other people as well. And you know, we give you all the tools and everything to to to, to set it up and. And to be successful, and and again, you you know, I'm 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 here to help as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Do you have some uh, some opportunities uh, already on the horizon? Uh, yeah, we've got a couple things going on. Um, not this year. Uh, you know, we really pushed out doing doing three restaurants uh, in less than five years is a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and in, unless you're in the food and beverage industry, I don't. You might not realize that, but. Um, it's, it's been a lot and we, we, we pushed ourselves to get out, to learn as much as possible, um, as quick as possible. Um, and so this year, um, is about taking a step back and planning for 2020 for a big, for a big push in 2020 
um, whether it's um, us personally opening up a couple next year or or taking on a, a couple franchisees um, to work together and do a couple next year. So that's kind of what we're doing this year is, again, we're taking a step back and, um, and really making the best plan for the company uh, moving forward. Um, Cause again, we've got a, we've got good momentum and we've got a really, really good reputation. We just want to make sure the next move is, is good. Um, but I want to make a big move. We're ready for uh, we're ready for a big move. 2020. Fantastic, man. Well, that's a good, good way to wrap this up um, and, and wish you a lot of luck with that. And I'm sure it's going to go really well. You've done a great job, man. You have an awesome story and I love the transition from, you know, LA to New York to learning to, to, you know, planting your flag and building a successful business and congratulations on that Trey. You've done a really awesome job and built a an exciting brand and clearly have had a lot of success with uh, building loyal customers and, and also, you know, building um, a, a good brand that's worked well with tourists in the Savannah area. And um, you guys have tons of opportunity to grow this thing. So uh, congrats, man. It's awesome to talk to you. I really appreciate it. Yeah, man. Thank you. Thank you. Like I said, it's, you know, food and, food and beverage is, uh, is a lot of work, uh, but it is, uh, it is very rewarding. I'm going to say that, but, uh, you definitely, you know, you got to put your dues in, you have to put your dues in. It's hard. It's hard for people to kind of come off the, come off, uh, you know, being a good cook or, or, uh, you know, thinking that, uh, or, or coming from even, even a serving background that, um, that uh, opening a restaurant is going to be uh, it's going to be easy. It's uh, I tell people it's just very very difficult. It's it's a lifestyle, you know. It's a twenty four seven. You know, we open, we don't close a single day of the year. Yeah. Um, that's my New York, that's my New York mentality. Is we're open three sixty five seven days a week, ten a.m. to midnight. And not, I'm not saying every I'm not saying that everybody should be doing that, but um, restaurant in general is just uh, it's a lot. You're taking care of a lot of people. Uh, you're coaching a lot of people. Um, that's the one thing I, I saw in New York, um, and I and I and I preach to my to my managers is uh, is to be a to be a leader. Don't be a boss. You know, respect your staff. Everybody's everybody's equal. Um, that's uh, that's probably the one thing that's that's uh, gone the furthest with with me is is being a leader, uh, not being a boss. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, that's that's the way you keep people motivated and that's the way you you reduce your turnover and, and keep people uh excited to help you and to help your goal and help your mission and uh wanting to be a part of something um certainly is is when you're when you're leading and you're leading by example and not not bossing people around man it's i know there's a lot of the opposite in the uh hospitality industry but folks like you and a lot of folks that i interview understand that that's why it's a big part of why all of you have you know seen a lot of success so um, man, I really appreciate the time. I know you're busy, um, but but yeah, thank you. We're we're proud to serve y'all, and we just we really appreciate the opportunity to share your story. Yeah, thanks. Well, I appreciate. It. I think thanks for reaching out, and uh, you know, like I said, anything else y'all need, uh, just let me know. I'll be around. All right, my friend. Have a good one, Trey. All right, thanks. Will you too, buddy? Bye bye.